test there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. There's too much little bonding going on in here for me. Violence is killing this sport, it's dragging it through the mud. Hey everybody, March Madness lovers, welcome back to the comment. Tyler, Joseph, how we doing? It's another week down, another week, here we go. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Uh, I apologize for the way my voice sounds. I lost it yesterday, so uh, <laughs> if, if it starts cracking when I'm saying stuff, you can just laugh at it and ignore it. Um, how, how'd you lose it? Uh, it? It was definitely yelling at the March Madness games. Uh, we all went out to a bar called Denver, and... Uh, there was a few games going in overtime, and I got a little too excited and started screaming. But, you know, it is what it is, and uh, we're, we're going to go over those games right now. Well, let's start there, dude. What, what was what was grinding your gears? What's, what's got you going? Yeah, and uh, j- just before we start, I do want to say we're recording this on March 19th. Uh, just so you know, uh, we haven't seen all the games yet, or if you're listening to this afterwards. But definitely uh, the game I lost my voice on uh, was St. Peter's versus Kentucky. I mean, that was by far, I think, the most entertaining game to watch, just going into overtime and St. Peter uh, pulling it out and causing the biggest upset uh, in, in the tournament so far. So that was a lot of fun. Dude, no, I, I mean, listen, for me, you know, I had, I had Kentucky, I think, going to my Elite Eight in my bracket that I made. So, like, it sucks that they lost. But I am always about upsets over my bracket. I can say, like, I'll get last pay, place in my, like, bracket challenge – for there to be a bunch of upsets all weekend because it is so fun. I mean, you sit there and Kentucky has got guys that are going to go to the NBA, right? Like they, I think I want to say that their best player might even be like the sec player of the year, or even maybe the national player. of the year. And they lose to the St. Pete's team, the Peacocks uh, that everybody thought was a joke and just a shoe in to lose in the first round. And I, that was awesome. I love upsets. I love March madness. And that was such a good way to start the, uh, the field. The final score there was 85-79, so it was kind of a little bit outrageous there after, you know, in overtime, the uh, St. Peter's really took over um, at a certain point there. Uh, and, yeah, in one bracket, I definitely had them going a bit farther, the um, Kentucky there, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good about one of my, my official one that I've got going here um, where I have only dropped... Um, seven games that's not bad yeah i think in my main one i have 10 i picked quite a few upsets i uh i also definitely lazily had murray state beating baylor in the uh second round on accident um or rather in the first round i think is what it was i accidentally called that upset i don't whatever i said although baylor as we're talking live i want to say i was checking was losing to ucla yeah they're, by, they're getting at the half they're getting killed right now is what i saw yeah. last let me double check that so, one though yeah, if we get that live look, and that's crazy because again, Baylor won it all last year. So yeah, they're um, still down. Leave. It's seventy-one fifty-eight. So they've pulled in a little bit closer at this point, but UNC is still stomping Baylor. Crazy. Okay, well, there's a we're on upset watch, everybody. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Richmond over Iowa too. I don't. We were watching that. That was uh, crazy as well. I, um, I called a lot that of one. People had, did you? Mm-hmm. Okay, hell yeah. I I want to say I like, like Richmond. Every time yeah. I see them in a bracket and I see the little spider logo, I tend to just choose it because it's kind of like the most unique one that there is out there. So I kind of always choose them no matter what sometimes. 
they were one that I thought, but I like, and then I started reading articles and I think that's the thing. Listen, when you're making a March madness bracket, you can't think, and you just got to pick stuff like almost picking off the symbols might be the best idea. Right. Um, but a lot of people actually had, Iowa as a sleeper to get to the final four. Um, so I was like, yeah, they'll win in the first round of these. And I was uh, sad to see that wasn't the case, but again, like I said, when an upset happens, I am happy. And that's why I watch March madness. And it's just so cool that these teams that you wouldn't think have any shot can come in and beat these mega teams, these mega schools, just because they play a, you know, a cleaner brand of basketball instead of having these like star players that go to the NBA. So I always think that's cool. Um, near and dear to us, uh, Mountain West goes over four already out of the tournament, all the teams as they just disappoint. Um, Mountain wait, West wait, teams is New Mexico State. Isn't New Mexico State? I don't. Uh, I, I thought I looked into Mountain that, West? and they, and I don't think they are actually Mountain West. Okay, see, because I thought, cause, I mean, at, at that case, we're one for five, right? Okay, let me check this live. Uh, yeah, I didn't think. I, I I, I thought the same thing, and when I went and saw New Mexico State was still in, and I was like, aren't they Mountain West? And then I I don't think that only New Mexico is. Let's see. Um, but yeah, so no, I think disappointment uh, there from that uh, division in that conference because, I mean, they just could not put it together against any of the other conferences. It seems. And you know what it is. I mean, the the, the hard thing when they come into March Madness is they go and they play against Big Ten teams or Pac twelve teams. So it's just a different breed. It just is. I mean, obviously these upsets happen, but like for example, like CSU being rated a six and playing an eleven team in Michigan, like. It should probably be like flipped around. Yeah, almost one hundred percent. A Mountain West team shouldn't be rated that high. I hate yeah. to say it. No chance. It's just different. It's a different brand of basketball. I mean, like we saw it, right? Uh, CSU's uh, tallest guy, I want to say, was six six nine, maybe six ten. He might be taller either way, but he's not their mo- our most skilled guy. Our most skilled guy is David Roddy, who stands at officially, I think, six five, six six. Whereas um, Hunter Dickinson was the best player in Michigan seven footer you couldn't stop the guy like literally the guy was just over and over again throw him in the post layup throw him in the post layup it's just a different brand of basketball so whereas these other teams have a stop for that we didn't and and if we're going to talk about this game for a second because i watched that one and it was uh the first half uh because csu dominated that first half absolutely was making it running them up and down the court there um, they were shooting a lot, not making a ton of shots, but they were shooting a lot, and, and that really held them there. And then in the second half, they just couldn't make a shot, couldn't get a stop, and and showed that, uh, to me, this was more of a choke job by them than it was that Michigan team, because I thought that Michigan team looked really bad. And, and, yeah. and, and I kind of thought they were underrated for what they were. I think that they should be higher than what they're seated. But after watching that game, I don't think they're going much further than that because they really, if they did put up that performance against CSU, I don't think that they can continue even going any further. Yeah, they, they got away with one there is what, like how I would like to say it. Uh, I think they definitely clamped down on defense in the second half. And uh, I thought the big thing was uh, CSU was hitting every freaking shot from three in the first half. And when those stopped hitting in the second half, uh, it ended up dooming them. I want to say Alabama actually played like a similar brand of uh, basketball this week too. And they got uh, upset. I think they shot like eight for 23 in the first half from three. So it's like, that's just not a winning formula. Um, I did quickly check uh, New Mexico state is in the Western athletic conference. So yeah. yep. Mountain West conference. You did not do your job this year. So that's never good either for like the bracket next year. 
because they're going to look at that and they're going to say, well, all these guys lost. We're not putting them back in. So that's yeah. not a not a good look for uh, the conference we hold near and dear. But on, um, it was still cool to see our team in the tournament. On the flip so. side of that, though, they could always underestimate those teams. You know, you have another team like uh, the Rams or Boise State or something like that that goes out there and plays good all season long and is just not getting ranked and stuff like that because of their – uh, conference and and what they performed the year before, and so then they get underrated and they come in as some dark horse at, at some point next season. I don't know possibility on the flip side there, but that's the beauty of March Madness, baby. Anything can happen, and then we, you know we've got uh, quite a few more upsets. I'm sure that we'll see over the next week or two, and uh, big games ahead that we'll be able to talk about. So I'm really excited about that. And I, excuse me, did want to bring up that Notre Dame actually. Um, kept the trend going of a team that was in the first four in uh, getting into the round of 32. I think that has happened over the last five years, I want to say. Um, so that was pretty cool for Notre Dame to keep winning and came in as an 11 seed after beating Rutgers in an awesome double overtime matchup that I actually watched the other day. Um, so they deserve it all um, and upset. I don't want to, what, what team do I want to say they upset Alabama? No, I don't think it was. No, that was, that was Notre Dame. That was Notre Dame that upset Alabama. Yeah, okay, the so. 11 to 6, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, so either way, that upset happening and uh, a team coming in again from the first four in is always uh, exciting. So, shows anything can happen. Um, do you have a most impressive team so far from the games you, you have watched? Um, yeah, I, I, so what I've thought about so far is none of these have been super close, at least the ones I've watched. And I, as go through the scores here, there are some that are super close. I guess I'm not watching those ones, not finding those ones for whatever reason. All the ones I've been tuning into have been like lock-ins, uh, the last minute or so has not been very competitive. Um, but, uh, I think I'm going to see a good game out of it's later today. Um, actually it's going to be here on in a little bit, uh, is the Kansas Creighton game. Um, and yeah. I, and I think Kansas, uh, looks really good. Um, I'm kind of sad. I don't have them going further in this really good bracket. I have in another bracket, I have them winning, but that bracket's a little, little, not my priority. Yeah. Let's see. Let me pull up my brackets. We're talking I, my, my team right now based off games I was watching yesterday was uh, Gonzaga. And I just saw like what they could be. And it's like, okay, Matt, you said a number one seed, like good job. But and, and yeah, I said they the were, same thing I, too. Exactly. Right. Like, it's like, okay, good job guys. You're really showing us some dark horses, like deep cuts. Right. Um, but Gonzaga, I want to say was tied to who were they playing? They're playing Georgia state. And I want to say the score is like 58 to 58, 52 to 52 at some point. And they just, and you're just like, oh my God, like they're going to get upset or like, holy crap, I picked these guys to go to the final four. Like, that's not good. Um, rather, I have the Elite Eight for them. But in any case, I want to say they went on like a 24 to 2 run. And it's like, that's where you saw it. And you're like, okay, if they could play like this, like just even like for five minutes in every single game, they're going to they're gonna win it all easily. Because they got that guy, uh, Chet Holmgren, who's probably going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft this year just an absolute stud. I want to say he put up like 16 or it was 18, 17. So 18 points, maybe it was 16 points, Either way, 17 rebounds, seven blocks and two steals, like just absurd numbers. Um, so it's, it's cool that they got that guy and then they've got some good vet guys on that Gonzaga team. So keep an eye out for them. They're going to be really fun to watch. Um, and for you guys, my final four in my bracket is uh, Duke, Purdue, Villanova and Kansas. So, um, 
while we go along and continue moving down our, our list here of things to talk about, uh, we're going to keep an eye on this UNC-Baylor game and just to give a little update here as we continue on because they were one of those teams that looked super strong uh, before and I know they were playing a 16 seed in uh, Norfolk but you know dominating performance where they almost doubled their score. Um, they've pulled in a little bit closer now. They're only down nine now in that UNC game, uh, but there is only four minutes left. So I, I could see Baylor making it a little tighter here. So we'll keep that hey, one up game as we runs. keep watching. We'll be on yeah, game that's watch. that's what I love about it. But, yeah, anything else? No, I think uh, I think we'll have a lot to talk about over the uh, next uh, few weeks. So say we don't stay on it too long. Uh, Joe, what do we got next? So sticking with basketball, we're just going to move over uh, to the NBA and what's been going on there. So uh, you can take that off, Matt. Yeah, sure. So not like a lot of stuff to talk about this week, but there, well, but there was one super huge thing that I want to call out, and that was um, Greg Popovich actually uh, passed the all-times win leader mark in NBA history, um, hitting 1,336 wins and obviously still counting as the season goes on. I, I don't know if he's looking to retire after the season. Uh, but, you know, he's just a certified winner. Uh, in those 1,336 wins, he actually has a 65.8% win percentage, which is really impressive, uh, one of the top of all times. And uh, my cool stat for you is that he actually, as a coach, has more wins than six NBA franchises, which would be the Magic, the Hornets, the Timberwolves, the Raptors, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans. That's really cool. That's crazy to me. So it shows the uh, longevity of pop and you know, he's been a successful coach in the league since we've been born um, and through all of it, through our lives. So uh, super c- cool and huge congrats to him. That's uh, cool to see history being broken. Was he a coach before the Magic, Hornets, T-Wolves, Raptors, and Grizzlies and Pelicans were even teams? Were they expansion teams after he uh, joined the league or was he already in the league um when I the- want to say most of those teams came in the early 2000s. So I want to say he has probably like six years on them oh, okay okay yeah but you know still a testament to be like you're winning most of your games i mean you look yeah. at all those teams and you're like okay they've been cellar dwellers um for the most part the entirety of our lives outside i mean the raptors have won a championship i think the they're one Magic of the more recent the ones though too right they're like 2003 yeah. or something like that no that's when yeah. they had vince carter i think they're no the raptors it might be like 98 yeah i think because uh, yeah i want to say i mean vince carter was there i mean we could look into this and let's see NBA expansion teams. Yeah, I just want to see when the Raptors became a team. That's really all I'm caring about right now, and I see them as coming in uh, in um, 1995 is when they were founded. So even earlier. Okay, than so I he thought. basically joined about the same yeah, time. So the, I want to say he joined the Spurs in '96. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that, but. Um, yeah. So either way, uh, it basically it lines up with the expansion teams, right? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, teams that haven't been that good. But it's it's really cool. Uh, again, congrats to Pops, and we won't use you know or stay too long on that. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I thought this was one of the funnier things I've seen in a while. Uh, was the Grizzlies and Thunder the other day uh, come out? There was a twenty minute delay in the game, and I didn't really know why. Nobody really knew why, but it came out that. Um, both teams came out in their white jerseys. And so they had to delay the game by like 20 to 30 minutes. So first off, as a fan, how like you're sitting there, you're like, guys, what the hell are we doing? And also how do like the teams mess that up? Like, don't you like, I want to say when you go into a game, you say, Hey, we're going to wear our whites tonight. And the other team's like, okay, we'll wear our aways that are blue or whatever. 
How does that happen? Yeah, I didn't actually see this. I'm surprised I didn't see this. So this is new to me, but uh, it's kind of funny, and I have to look up the clip later. But um, the way I see this going down is, and and why I kind of don't understand it is because in the professional level, it's very organized that this never happens. Right? I've never heard of this in any other league or any other game. This thing happening because they're very set on you know, certain colors, you know, especially like in NHL and other things, um, white is your away. You're always wearing white. So that way the home team can have their choice of whatever they want to wear, their alternates, their main ones, whatever. And so those can be colorful and whatnot. And the home fans can rep those and stuff like that. So away is usually always white. Um, and so the fact that the home team here went with white is who I'm going to blame on this one. So I don't know who was the home team in this case, the Grizzlies or the Thunder, um, but I'm going to blame them on this one for choosing that unless they were having like a whiteout night or something like that. I, I don't even know, but I don't think that's a thing in the NBA. Um, but it, I mean, that's exactly what it was like when I was growing up as a kid, we didn't have those special rules when I played hockey and stuff like that of the certain team wears this color every time, you know, away teams always white. That's, that wasn't always a rule. And so we would always go back and forth between the locker rooms asking them, like, before we put on our socks and stuff like that in hockey, what, what color they were going to be because, you know, it, it'd screw everything up. So I've seen that at the, you know, lower amateur levels and stuff like that plenty of times. Um, but in the professional level, this is kind of shocking. You're right. You're talking about these billion-dollar NBA franchises, and they can't even figure out what jerseys to watch. It's like, come on, guys. Somebody on, like, the PR marketing team's got to – Maybe that's not that team, but either way, somebody on their team's got to be like, Hey guys, this is what we're doing. Like you think they'd be in communication with each other. So it blew my mind to see, uh, but I, that was a really funny, like light note in the uh, NBA this week. That's a pretty good um, one. Dude, it yeah, could have been no. something as dumb as like superstition where it's like, well, last time we won them, we were wearing this color. So we're, we're going to wear this again because that means we're going to win, you know, something dumb like that. I like that. You know what, though? I'm all about superstition and stuff, but how do you not contact each other? That still just is what blows my mind, right? Or like, yeah, maybe they like saw that and they're like, no, we're going to do it too. And it's like almost like a like a bullfighting kind of thing or of like who's going to change their jerseys first. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, please watch that video. It's really funny because I want to say it's like Shea Gilgis Alexander walks out and he's like, oh my God, guys, what are we doing? <laughs> they're all just like laughing about it because it's just such a joke. Um, Tyler, winning time. You're going to talk about the... Our good old HBO uh, Max uh, show. I just out. wanted to pump it. a little recommendation on it, pump some tires for it because it's been pretty interesting. If you, especially because it's not my era of the NBA at all, you know what I mean. It's that that late seventies uh, run there, even a little bit into the early seventies. It does some uh, flashback in there. Uh, the style's a bit weird. If you if you don't mind that kind of fourth wall docu drama type thing that it kind of does. Um, which can be a little weird at sometimes, but it's not bad. I just like seeing it because it's teaching me, uh, it, it's over dramatizing the history and, 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 and then that's just how I imagine it happened. Cause I'll never know how it actually went down all these things and stuff like that. And, and so as long as I have this dramatic, dramatized viewpoint of it, it kind of makes it really fun and like. I'm going to keep sticking with like, oh, yeah, that's how it actually went down. Like, this is how the NBA actually was run back in the day. And I'm sure it's probably similar to it because it's kind of a clown show. But uh, it is funny just to see how the the NBA is like back then. And it was uh, such a wild west of things. So definitely uh, pump that one and recommend it out there. If you want to if you enjoyed the um, Jordan documentary and that's like more documentary and stuff like that. And you like learning about a different era that, you know, you didn't grow up watching. Uh, definitely this Lakers dynasty show is, is, is getting there. It's only two episodes out right now, but, um, but I also just wanted to sum up some, uh, some movement in the standings here too. 
some hot teams and cold teams like we did the other week. Um, just to tell you who I'm thinking is is doing good and doing bad. I'm loving the Western Conference right now. They are on a tear. Um, the Western Conference is lighting it up, uh, except for you know the Trailblazers and the Thunder and you know those <laughs> trash yeah. teams. Um, but the Timberwolves nine and one on their last ten. The Mavericks eight and two in their last ten. Absolutely on a tear right now. I like both of those teams going forward here. I think I said the Timberwolves last time, perhaps, so that's even there. Um, and and that they would be fighting for that playoff spot, and they might even sink in and get a little bit higher seating there. Um, as far as the East goes, I said the Bulls last time. I really was on on the Bulls and thought they looked really good, and here they are dropping uh, eight of their last ten. And so I don't know what's going on over there. I hope they get out of free fall here soon. Um, but that's that's what I had to report on that side. Yeah, you sit there with the Bulls and you're like, guys, what the heck are you doing? And like, I maybe off the top of my head, I can't think if there's like an injury or something. But I'm pretty sure Demar and Zach Levine and all them are playing. Are they like going for like a certain seating? Is there a team they don't want to play? Like maybe like, hey, well, let's drop to the four seed and we'll play the five, which is like uh, the Raptors. So yeah, the five right now. They've dropped to the five, and they're they are the five. And then so they're looking at the four, who's the Celtics, who I don't want to play right now. No, that's. Yeah. The, I mean, I want to say that team over the since January has been like the peak of offensive and defensive efficiency. That's not a team you want to play in the playoffs. Um, you know what? They maybe they know more than us, but it's it's always wild when you think of these teams that right like Bulls were the hottest team over the first few months of the NBA, and you drop eight of ten. Like, come on, guys! Like, get it together. Somebody's got to yell at somebody in that locker room because something's not going right. So, um, yeah, the Western Conference. I mean, oh my God, they are they're hot this year. Um, it's so fun to watch this Suns team put up potentially historic numbers, even with Chris Paul out now, they're still winning games, which is really cool to see. And we've had our first clinches over there too, by the way, the Suns have clinched a playoff spot already as their one seed. And then the, the heat have actually even clinched their division, um, already. So, Oh, how about that? Good for the, yeah, the heat are, uh, one of those teams that's just like peak defensive team. They're going to beat you with their defense, but also have some good offensive players. I want to say Jimmy Butler's hurt right now, but he probably comes back for the playoffs and you're, you're talking about a, a, a good team that you should be scared of. So it'll be exciting to see. And I, I'm so excited for playoff basketball as it's coming up. So um, I say we don't spend any more time in the NBA. There'll be plenty more stuff coming, uh, MVP stuff, uh, games, people clinching, et cetera, over the next uh, bit. But uh, I saw next uh, on our list is the MLB, Joe. So um, what do you think that we have a season now, huh? Yeah, I know we haven't uh, really ever talked about the MLB. I know Tyler's super excited for this one. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to go super in-depth this week. Uh, probably in future episodes, we'll start talking more about free agency and everything. But right now, it's just exciting to actually know that we're going to see some baseball. And, you know, a few games aren't going to be played. But honestly, it's pretty negligible um, at this point. And uh, I'm really excited for the spring and at how everything's going to shape up. So uh, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, Tyler, take us away. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to go in and just say, you know, there's a lot going on there that we're definitely not going to report on right now because there's just a lot of other stuff. Perhaps we'll get to it at another time here because there are people going everywhere. The money I'm being, I've been seeing get spent right now is incredible. I, I just got a loss for words that <laughs> some of the figures that have been thrown out right now that we'll we'll talk about at some point. Um, but yeah, there's going to be games back and, uh, it'll be nice to go sit at Fenway park for a couple of them. That's all I care about. 
Hey, there we go. I mean, I'm really hoping to come out and see you in the summer and I want to go eat a hot dog at Fenway, man. That's like one on my bucket list of things to do, but I'm also very excited to go to Coors Field um, and drink a few beers before opening pitch. Cause that's always the move. So um, yeah, for me, right. We'll, we'll have, we'll talk about Freddie Freeman. We'll talk about Carlos Correa. We'll talk about Chris Bryant's guys like that over the next few weeks as it's happening, but I'm so excited that the season's happening and the owners and the players association got their shit together and uh, got a product out on the field. But since we don't want to talk about it, I'm going to at least leave it on a fun note. Here's your fun fact of the week for baseball. Um, so everybody knows about Bobby Bonilla and how he gets paid out every year by the uh, the Mets. Um, but this July year, 1st? apparently, sorry, July first, right? Every July first. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's Bobby Bonilla Day that always comes out, and people are always just make a mockery of the Nets, which R.I.P. to them, I guess. Um, but Ken Griffey Jr. actually has been collecting from the Reds since 2009. Um, he retired in 2010. But each year until 2024, he collects a paycheck of $3.6 million uh, from the Reds. And what's crazy about this, too, because, again, he retired, what, 12 years ago now. Uh, he's sixth in the Reds payroll right now as that just cap hit. Number six. And that's absolutely wild to me. It shows, like, the state of the Reds franchise, obviously, right, that you have, like, one or two big-name players potentially. and. They've had a fall from grace. I want to say they made the playoffs like a year or two ago and then have just completely shit the bed. Um, but it's another joke thing, and it shows like deferring these contracts can come back to bite you in the butt um, because <clears throat> while he's making this 3.6, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Bobby Bonilla is just it's, it's just looking like a black eye on, you know, another franchise yet again. Um, just running some numbers here about what you uh, have just said, basically, uh, Kent Griffey Jr. is getting paid out more than Bobby Bonilla, if you didn't know it. Um, just running out the numbers here, if he's getting 3.6 for per year from 2009 to 2024, he's making $54 million over the course of that, basically. And, okay, and then, yeah, Bobby, and Bobby Bonilla doing his for the 36-year period that he's got at $1.19 yes. million, it's, it's It comes out to about $48 million and change. So overall, would you have expected that? <laughs> Um, I mean, okay. So you say it like this, like who's the more name brand player. If you say, all right, Bob yeah. Benia or Ken Griffey, yeah, you okay. say Ken Griffey Jr. 100%. Right. I, and so I think maybe more why it's the Bobby Benia days. Cause I want to say he was only an average player. And, uh, as a result of that, for him to get paid out the way he did, I want to say as a result of them deferring it as much as they did, he's made way more on his contract too. Cause I want to say that's just how they got out of the salary cap, which is wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's right. It's not surprising when you say Ken Griffey Jr. made more money than Bobby Bonilla, but it's crazy that he did it in so much less time. That is what's wild to me. Yeah, 100%. So, so either way, MLB, some crazy stuff. There's your fun fact. Hope you didn't know that. So we taught you something new. Um, and we'll talk about some more MLB in the coming week. So, uh, Joe, you want to tee us up for our next, uh, fun topic? Yeah. So you, you all know how we can't stop talking about the NFL, <laughs> even though they're, the off season, but uh, a few things have happened this week, um, especially just with free agency and trades going on. And uh, we'll, we'll try to push through pretty quickly, but the biggest one um, is going to be the Deshaun Watson trade. And uh, Matt, I know you're, you're super torqued up to talk about this, so <laughs> you can start us off. Dude, I always am. I mean, I, I think it's just, it's going to be the most common theme that we're always just going to be talking about NFL Joe. And I, I think it's always fun. It's like, it's the off season, but here we are. We're going to have the most content for some reason. The NFL always has stuff for us. So I, I love it. 
Um, but yeah, Deshaun Watson, it finally happened. Um, it sounds like he, I don't know if he was necessarily acquitted of his cases. I don't want to go too far in that because I might not be right there, but basically said he wasn't guilty. I don't think they've been dropped yet, but I think the jury's come out that he wasn't guilty. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, but as a result, he was able to be traded again and that momentum swung and the Browns took the leap on it. The Browns traded three first round picks, a third and potentially a fifth round. I don't know if that's been published yet, but that's what they, I read on uh, bleach report the other day. Um, and as they did that, they signed him to a contract of five years, 230 million. He had already had a contract. So it was basically, he's making like an extra 40 million. I think it's 12 million a season, 48 million. That's what it was. Um, on his contract extended out to that. But what's crazy about this 230 million is it became fully guaranteed. So it's the biggest fully guaranteed contract in NFL history, which is absolutely wild for a guy that's coming out of these, uh, incidents, what you'll call it, uh, over the last year. So what's even crazier to me though, is uh Baker Mayfield still on the team. So you had this guy that you drafted number one overall, he's the savior of the franchise. You get to his fourth year, you don't believe in him. And he said, we're pulling out the tires. Uh, the Browns, you know, regretted not drafting Deshaun Watson years ago when they took uh, Miles Garrett, who's a stud, but mind you, they needed their quarterback and they have never got it since then. To clarify and, that, uh, that they, the Texans traded up to get that pick to draft Deshaun Watson from the Browns who traded down and then took Miles Garrett. That's what, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they, they had a draft and I mean, again, Miles so Garrett. A very full circle oh moment there. Yeah. Hey, there we go, baby. This is what we are here for. Um, so it's crazy. I, I, Deshaun Watson is a gamer. He is, he's, when he plays, he's been an amazing player. So I will love to see what he does in uh, Cleveland. But I'm serious, what I'm reading into the story, what the hell happens with Baker Mayfield? Where does he go? So to touch on a couple things there, um, this is a $48 million raise uh, over the same four years on his previous contract for him. So for not playing an entire season, he got a $48 million raise. Um, I, I, I just don't even understand. I, I want to see if this guy can even ball. Like, has he been in shape this whole time? Like, I, I, I don't even know what's going on. The mental toll, he's going to have a lot of hecklers and a lot of non-fans anymore, me being one of them. Um, and so I don't, I don't even know if this guy can ball right now. So interesting to see. Uh, with Baker, though, I think he just becomes one of those uh, suitcases now. He's he's going to be a traveling backup quarterback, the the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world from now on. I I don't think he's bad enough to leave the NFL completely, but he's going to go walk around and be that Ryan Fitzpatrick type probably for the rest of his career. Yeah, yeah he and, definitely uh, hasn't shown anything. Sorry, go on, Joe. Yeah, I just wanted to circle back to uh to Deshaun Watson, uh his legal issues. I was just looking it up. So uh just so you get an idea, like how much he's actually going to be able to play, even though they just spent all this money on him that, uh, yesterday, uh, they decided to not charge him with criminal activity, but he is still facing 22 civil lawsuits, um, from over two dozen women accusing him of, uh, sexual harassment. Um, and it is still likely that he'll be suspended for at least some time, um, during the 2022 season. But as we know, um, they don't care. If, you know, you're a terrible human being, just that, you know, as long as you're not betting on, uh, you know, teams and spending <laughs> money. But, uh, yeah, so he 
no criminal activity. He's not getting charged, but he still has those civil lawsuits to worry about. And okay. we'll see how that uh, all plays out. Well, 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 the game is tied at 80 to 80 now. 16 seconds left. The Bears and the Tar Heels no way, are going off. It's 80 to 80 oh right God. now. So we're going to keep that in the books right here. 16 seconds left, and we'll make sure we keep going on that one here. But I had to give oh a nice God. little yeah, update on that. Sh- Good for them. I Dude, I love March Madness. Holy crap, right? I'm not going to get stuck on it. Baker Mayfield, I think the only way he salvages his career if he goes somewhere like uh, Indy. I think he could be a good – they have a good offensive line there. They've got good weapons, stuff like that. I think – I don't know what, what the trade ends up becoming because I don't know if he's tanked his value or not. Um, but somewhere like Indy, I think you could resurrect your career. and um, you got to get him out of there though. Um, and going to what you said, Tyler, too, with this whole uh, – Deshaun Watson, I mean, like I wish him all the best in Cleveland. I don't know if I can root for him and because of all this crap that's happening because it's completely inexcusable. Um, and again, we live in a league where he probably will get four games if I had to guess. Yeah, and it, um, there is an article by the New York Pro saying that uh, Mayfield wants to get traded to the Colts. Oh, sweet. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll see if, you know, they actually listen to him. But it said that, that he wanted to go over there because obviously yeah, he's not getting. I mean, it's a, it's a match made in heaven, right? They traded Carson Wentz. The, I think they only have Jacob Eason on their roster, and he hasn't really shown much. So, I mean, I think it's hard. The Colts are continuing this plug-and-play strategy with quarterback like the Broncos have. And they're not hitting on it. That's that's the difference. I like. I will give the Broncos credit when they get these guys. They're getting these guys that actually come out and play. I'm you know knock on wood. I guess for Russell Wilson, we haven't seen it yet, but I expect him to be good. Um, whereas the Colts have taken these gambles on guys like Carson Wentz, potentially Baker Mayfield. These guys that are kind of like in uh, almost purgatory of their career. They they've like shown potential, but then they come and they don't do it again. I mean, I will never forget that Carson Wentz game against the uh, Jaguars at the end of last season to clinch a playoff spot and you lose, I mean, completely inexcusable. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see. Hey, we'll, we'll see how this goes. We'll see uh, how Deshaun goes. We'll see where Baker goes and uh, it's adding to an interesting season. Uh, you saw, Oh, what's up? I was just going to go with one other thing on that. Just as a, a, a little subsidiary, no more double wristers for the Broncos, by the way. Um, (laughs) the, Falcons were reportedly very in on that Deshaun Watson deal and had told Matt Ryan about it and everything like that. Uh, I just want to know what you thought, think about that relationship going forward between the Falcons and Matt Ryan. Uh, how tainted is that now that they were very in and, and to the finish line for Deshaun Watson? And now without that, what's their... Yeah, all? I mean, I think, I think Matty Ice has to know that his time is coming to an end there. You're talking about Julio's gone... All the guys he's played with are gone. Who, by the way, was Calvin's, just cut by the Titans, I'm pretty yeah, sure. right. I know. Wasn't that mm-hmm. crazy? I, I I could see him going somewhere like New Cleveland. England. I know they've got Amari Cooper and stuff like that. Like, let's make this super team. New England. You go to Tampa. Oh, dude. I mean, hey, I would love it. It makes sense, right? I, but if you can't stay healthy, then it's not it's not very helpful, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they probably told Matt Ryan, like, hey, man, like, we know you've only got a year or two left uh, of good football and you probably – so I've, I think I've just learned that some of these franchises are just so like brutally honest with their players, which I don't think I necessarily disagree with. Um, and as a result, they're like, hey, we have this chance to get a guy that we think could completely replace you and Pat, we have him for the next 10 years. They're going to take that chance. Um, for me, like if I'm if I'm Matt Ryan, like I guess I understand it, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely a little bit of a knock to my ego. That's for sure. Like you've been the franchise quarterback for, I want to say 10 plus years now. And they're just like, 
hey, bye, we're going to, you know, take out the rug from under you real quick. Update, RJ Davis misses the game clinching three-point jump shot, and this game goes to overtime. Dude, hey, this is like uh, one of those moments uh, for Baylor. If they come back and win this, maybe that's what fuels them to go make a run again. So that's really cool, and let's keep updated on it. Um, So, yeah, Matt Ryan, we'll see what happens with him. I hope he uh, puts forth a good next few seasons, but I guess he's the uh, Falcons quarterback until he drafts one. I think they have a high first-round pick, though, so maybe they draft uh, Malik Willis out of Liberty or something like that and start grooming him to be the next quarterback for the Falcons or something since you uh, messed up with Deshaun. Um, Tom Brady, I, I, I didn't think we we're going to talk about him that much anymore. And, uh, sorry, Joe, he's back. <laughs> I mean, I'm just upset with how often and how long we talk about him. So, uh, but that's fine. This one will be quick. I mean, that, he just, yeah, he just won't, he just won't stop, you know, go he just hang won't out with leave our lives. Yeah. He just, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Uh, we're not going to talk about it too much. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, uh, the one thing I did want to talk about with him, uh, was, his last touchdown ball sold an auction the day before he unretired for 500000 over $500,000. <laughs> and then he unretired. So now it's obviously probably, theoretically speaking, not his last touchdown ball. Um, and I want to say Susby or one of the auctioning services came out and said that ball's value dropped from anywhere to uh, seventy to 50000 in value as um, he unretired. Don't you think, though, that since this has happened, there's so much hype built around it, too, and it's gotten so much publicity that it will go back up in value over time? Uh, it's it's hard to say. I don't. I mean, it's never going to cross 500K again. I don't think so. I, it's, I mean, I it was never worth that much to begin with. I was just about to say, you yeah. guys sound so stupid arguing over the price of this dumb ball. I, I will never understand spending that much on this dumb, stupid ball that means nothing. Um, and is no different than any other ball. Um, and well, what are you going to do? Just sit it in a little case and look at it occasionally. You fuck no, this stuff. It's the it's uh, it's uh, super rich people flex culture. I think like super rich sports heads flex culture. Right. The thing is, to me personally, like yeah, that's super cool. You have a piece of history, but like you said, there's no difference between that ball and another one that he just signed all willy nilly. Like just because it has an event tied to it. I, I don't really care. Like, you know, okay, let's say we're all these rich entrepreneurs and you have the ball and I walk in and you're like, oh, yes, look at my Tom Brady signed ball. It was the last one he threw. And I'm like, oh, that's cool that you have a Tom Brady signed ball. Like, I, I get having a piece of history. That's really cool, but I don't know. I, I think it's overhyped. Is, I hope that his dog gets it and just tears it to shreds, honestly. <laughs> That'd be yeah, hilarious. could you imagine? I mean, the, yeah, obviously, I mean, I want to go like the full circle. The, the guy's obviously not hurting if he can spend 500K on an auction item also. Um, but I did see Tom did come out uh, yesterday and asked if the his company, because he has a crypto company, it's like FTX or something like that, uh, could donate a Bitcoin to a charity of this guy's case. So like kind of making like a feel-good story, but it's obviously not worth 500K right yeah. now. So. I- I also hope that guy had to take out a second mortgage on his home to afford that ball. <laughs> I get, I, dude, it's the super rich man that do stuff like this. If I had to guess, so. Um, on that, I just have to say that this is just a big publicity stunt by him and the um, whatever companies he has between TV12 and his crypto stuff and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is 
very well thought out and planned. This is not just something. Um, so if anyone sees this as anything other than a WWE facade, uh, they're mistaking <laughs> themselves. <laughs> yeah, right. You're just kidding yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, exactly. It's like, oh, we're just going to come out to make us look good. We're going to give them because, again, you're giving them something that's like worth 40K. You're not paying. You're not like saying we'll pay the ball back. So it's obviously just something to uh, make it feel good. Um, I think next we need to talk about this free agency and trades. Um, but I think we should go into break first before we get into it. Cause we've got a lot of content ahead of us. Um, so does anybody have any lasting thoughts before we jump into break, before we jump into all the crazy things that have happened over the last week? Nope. I think we're ready to go ahead and jump right into break. Uh, and as you know, this episode is brought to you by. All right, welcome back from break. Uh, quick update, we do have ourselves a tie game at 84-84 in that UNC-Baylor. We're going to keep at you live with it uh, with two minutes and 49 seconds in overtime. So, Tyler, keep bringing those updates as I forget to look. Um, free agency and trades in the NFL. It was a crazy last few days. Um, I think highlighted by Devontae Adams getting traded to the Raiders. Um, when he got traded, he signed a contract for five years and $140 million which is the largest ever for a non-quarterback. So I don't know what you guys thought about that, but it looks like Derek Carr got uh, his college receiver back. So with this, uh, the thing that I saw, um, and I'd be curious to see what your sports book has, um, and this was just an Adam Schefter tweet, of course, but you know, at least it's, it's, it's informative uh, and an interesting look at it. The, the increase in odds for, to win the Super Bowl for the Raiders um, – how far up do you think they would have went? They were uh, sixty to one, apparently. What do you think they jumped up to uh, just by the addition of this? Joe, I want you to guess because I think I haven't. I think I saw something on this. So, sorry, can you repeat that? I'm just trying to. The they're the, like, so the Raiders just got Devonte Adams right, and then they were sixty to one to win the Super Bowl. Um, according to the Caesar Sportsbook at one point before Devontae Adams' trade. And then after that trade, how far up do you think they jumped? I mean, it has to be pretty high. Um, and I, I don't know. Like, oh. So from what I saw, I thought I saw something that they didn't move at all. Yeah, they, they went slightly to 50 to 1. Which is an increase, but I, I think I agree with it though. I, I do. do. I think I agree with it. Um, why I say that is because like a receiver isn't going to fix your defense. That Raiders defense was not that good. What they did do the bolster though. They did sign Chandler Jones. So that's a, that's a big move for them. Their defensive line is looking scary with him and Max Crosby. But I think I agree with that. I think Vegas knows that they're also competing in a conference uh, in the AFC West. Like we'll talk about in a little bit that, just got Russell Wilson. Uh, the Chargers just got Cleo Mack and J.C. Jackson. Um, and then uh, I guess the Chiefs just signed Juju. Um, he can go dance on their logo. Him and Jackson Mahomes are going to have a great time dancing every game. Um, but it's it's a retooled conference, or rather a division. So it's going to be hard to get wins. Uh, I, we talked about that in a previous episode. Like, how many wins are you going to get 
if you're splitting with all of these, right? So how many of these teams are actually going to make the playoffs? And I, I can't say confidently that the Raiders are, just because they have Devonta now, are better than the Broncos, the Chiefs, or the Chargers. Yeah, in in this they actually they jumped. Uh, they have seven to one odds to win the AFC uh, West, um, which is the fourth best of the four teams. Yeah, um, so I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I, I and and I mean people will argue it, and and I'd love to be. I, I kind of want to see the Raiders do decent here, and I think that they have the uh, the ability to, um, but I'm not. Not sold that they can. I think I'm going to go Chargers for that division this year. Um, okay. They they've I think made some of the most improvements and, and uh, more of their players are just maturing in a way. You know, Justin Herbert growing into his role and figuring out in this league more and more. The, the more years go by for him, the better he's going to be. So I I think I'm I'm going to be Chargers in that division. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Um, I want to say the Super Bowl is in Vegas this year too. Correct. Oh God damn it's it. In Arizona. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, actually, no, no, no. I think it's Arizona. I think I it saw. Is. I think, I, Vegas I think is I the saw Arizona. Yeah, I, okay. I remember correctly seeing something like that. That could be one that we looked. No, up. No, you know but... what it was. We looked it up. No, no, because we talked about it in a previous episode. Because we want to say Kyler, him resigning with the. I want to say. Can you check, Joe? Yeah, where the Super Bowl is at this year? Um, I'm going to say I still like. I still think the Chiefs have it. I, I, the only thing I'll say is if for any reason they don't sign Tyree Kill, then then I'm going to move them down. Obviously, then I think I would pick the Chargers as well. I think my tier list goes Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, uh, Raiders right now. Um, Just because that Chargers team is scary. And especially, I mean, if JC Jackson, who just got signed to a five-year, $82.5 million contract, can perform how he did in New England um, as Mr. Interception, that's going to be a really good team. And I mean, Khalil Mack too. Now you've got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. They've got all the names now. They've got that name value. But I don't want to disrespect the Chiefs who have been winning the AFC West for the last uh, few years in a row and, you know, making the AFC championship game. Yeah. So the uh, next Super Bowl is in Arizona, but in 2024, it's going to be in Las Vegas. Okay, so there you go. So what's going to happen is uh, Derek Carr is going to resign. They're going to stay. They're going to build it all up. Uh, This year is going to be their trial year. They're going to miss the playoffs barely. And then next year they're going on a Super Bowl run because that's what that's what Hollywood wants, baby. Why so, uh, why don't you want it to be in Las Vegas, Tyler? Uh, well, I was just saying because uh, you know, it, it's been the two years in a row of uh, teams that have won the Super Bowl in their home stadium, and so of course the Raiders somehow jump up to improving and being uh, this this kind of at least contending team. You know, I know that we're talking about that division being really hard to come out of, but. They're at least, you know, making a statement. They're not a bottom dweller for sure. And so if they would have made it to the playoffs and continue going and been that team to play another Super Bowl in their stadium, I, shit would have, I would have, I would have been rattled. I mean, yeah, it's the all Raiders. Rigged. They all know. Oh, yeah. They know who's going to the Super Bowl every year. The Raiders versus Tom Brady as he unretires. Right. Yeah. They'll look at the storylines ahead. No. So we'll see. Um, AFC West is going to be a crazy division. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but, uh, Speaking of a past AFC West participant, or rather a former Bronco, did you see Von Miller get uh, signed by the Bills? Did you see that one coming, man? Because I know you did not. No, there is no way. I, I'm, I'm actually at work. I'm standing there at my desk, and I, I, I use the Sleeper app. Love that app if you ever need good sports news. And it pops up. It goes, Von Miller to the Bills. And I go, what the hell? Like, literally audibly, like, what the hell? Like, I did not see that coming at all. I mean, mind you, uh, 
when Randy Gregory was signed by Denver, I kind of understood that Vaughn probably wasn't coming back. But I figured, okay, then he's going to Dallas, right? Because Randy Gregory's gone now. It did not make any sense, and I can't believe the Bills did it. It's a six years for $120 million too, but the uh, contract actually more functions as a three for 53. But for a guy who I thought was at the tail end of his career, I mean, he had a really good playoff run. He got his bag again, and he gets to go to a really good Bills team. So um, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, and then, I mean, on that Bills team, I think they uh, they were in the running to pick up um... – Another receiving back that uh, JD McKissick out of Washington, but that got flipped for them. Um, is that is that team improved? That Bills team. I mean, yeah, it seems. Like, I think they re-signed Mario Addison, uh, some of their pass rushers on defense. Mario Addison's got to really be old, no? He's old, but he's okay. still, he still he like gets it done, right? I mean, it's just kind of like Vaughn. He gets it done. It's these these veteran guys that have been there so long, they they know how to pass rush. Um, they're not going to be as good as they once were, right? But um, I mean. Yeah, you got to say that they're probably the standard or maybe the favorite even to come out of the AFC. I mean, they lost that heartbreaker to the Chiefs last year. Um, Maybe that motivates them and they pull it out. I mean, if that defense was just a little bit better against the Chiefs, they probably win that game, right? Um, I don't know. That's a scary team. Um, I'm excited to see what they do. But uh, going back to that J.D. McKissick thing, how is it like, and I know in the non-tampering period, you can do this. But I feel like over the last few years, I haven't seen it where two teams or yet yeah, in two separate occasions, a team has signed someone unofficially, then they spurn them to go somewhere. So not only did it happen with McKissick going back to the commanders after saying he was going to come to the Bills, but also happened with Randy Gregory uh, saying no to the Cowboys after agreeing to a deal and going to the Broncos. So I, I don't know if you do, but I don't remember this happening like this twice in a season. Yeah, they're just trying to, you know, there's everything now. And, and I honestly feel like agents at this point understand the impact that they can have by catching headlines and getting their players out there more and stuff like that and doing wild publicity stunts in some way and again tom brady included on that um so i i feel that it's about headlines and clicks now at this point and so if you can do some sort of publicity stunt to get you out there you know that your name's going to be talked about and that could bode well for you sometimes no, you know what? I, I agree. And actually, yeah, you say the thing with Tom Brady, and I think this applies to just like all agents and NFL players. Um, how everybody's like, it's so unsur- it's so surprising that he unretired. And like, yeah, what Teddy Bruschi came out on ESPN or something like that on TV. And he's like, it was surprising to me because everything he does is so calculated. And so like, that's how it feels with all these agents and with all these players. Everything they do is calculated, right? So maybe, yeah, like, oh, hey, I'm going to the Cowboys again. My value is this. And the Broncos are like, oh, we'll pay you that with better contract stipulations because that was out in the public. Because you know he's still talking with the Broncos. All he's doing is just providing this leverage to, to him. And that's what other players are doing. So, I, right, every time it seems like a surprise, these players are smarter than you think or the agents, whoever it is. Uh, everything they do is very calculated in my opinion. Do you think the uh, back when Tom Brady won his last Super Bowl and he threw the, the trophy over to Gronk in the boats – do you think that was a publicity stunt that his agent was like, you know, it'd be funny? <laughs> no, he was drunk on tequila, my dude. He was just drunk, which was funny. I, I actually thought it was one of the cooler Tom Brady moments because, you know, everybody's so used to him being so, like, buttoned up over the years. And now you see the guy drunk on a boat like any of us regular dudes would be throwing crap. Like, you know, we might be throwing beers. He's throwing the damn Super Bowl trophy. So I thought that that's always cool. Um, but, yeah, yeah, also, yeah, maybe his Don Yee, his uh, agent, was like, 
do something stupid so you like seem more personable right oh yeah i'm just saying that like not exclusively him but just like you see uh all these players like either just like flexing with something cool or just doing something crazy and it's like hard to know at face value if like they're just doing this for publicity or some they've been told to do something like that hey we'll never know you know that's uh yeah that's that's who knows i i hope not i hope some of it's natural right you'd you'd hate to say that they're just a bunch of actors and then it's just like some wwe stuff again right like tyler said earlier um the last thing i want to say on the nfl i don't want to stay here forever is to let us talk really quick about that AFC West. Cause I think most of the big deals that have happened have been within that AFC West. Has this become the best conference in the NFL? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's what we've been pumping this whole time. I don't think we've been saying anything other than that, at least from my yeah. own take and what I'm hearing from the two of you, um, that AFC West is a good division. You know, I remember back in the days when it was always about that, uh, that AFC North division, um, you know, sans the Browns, of course, um yeah. and, but and now but with them we'll see how that goes uh in the Bengals team there but i i really you know with russell gone from that nfc west team or division uh i, I think that the the division that's going to be the the one to fight and get out of is certainly the afc west yeah i mean you're talking about this is the only division where you say bottom to top these are playoff contenders or rather if they make the playoffs they could be contenders because you talk about every other division it's one maybe two teams that could do something this is top to bottom so it's a it's really cool to see that everybody retooled and i think it's cool that it's like the trickle down effect right it's like all right we have patrick mahomes so we need to be competitive how do we do that boom broncos let's sign russell wilson now we have a competitive quarterback Oh crap, the Broncos signed Russell Wilson. They're going to be better offensively. Chargers signed JC Jackson and Cleo Mack. Oh crap, they have a better defense. We need to retool on offense. The Raiders are like, let's go get Devontae. I, so it's, it's, it's cool to see that domino effect or the trickle down effect, like I said, of uh, <clears throat> everybody retools because they don't want one to get too good and then they know they have no chance. So, um, The only other thing I wanted to mention briefly, I, I, first, a quick note though, was. Uh, just to make you a little jealous uh, on Kirk Cousins, um, his record is fifty nine fifty nine and two as an NFL quarterback. Um, you can take his performances as you think you've seen them, uh, and has made over two hundred and thirty one million dollars in his career. Good for him, dude. Okay, just just good for him. Um, you know, we thought Kirk Cousins was going to be a future Broncos quarterback, or rather, you did. Um, Wow. I mean, you know, and just for a guy that, you know, never is never is doing anything to like, I'm not going to say overly impressive. He has some good games where he throws, you know, four touchdowns or something like that. But for a guy that really hasn't accomplished much in his career to be have over 200 million in the bank is wild to me. So it just it just shows, man, the power of being average, I guess, in the NFL, as long as you're going to consistently have your team win seven plus games, you can make as much money as you want. Yeah, no reason, no reason to compete for championships when you can just settle for <laughs> mediocre and, and bank. Um, and then uh, just the Cowboys, I don't understand what's going on with them right now, the fire sale that they've been having. They obviously trade away Amari Cooper for a fifth rounder, um, basically just so they can pay Zeke, right? That, I think that was the whole methodology behind that. Whatever he was owed, 18-some-odd million dollars, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, I mean... Was there any alternative there? Is there any picture where they could have kept both? I mean, they no, I, I don't, I don't think so. They've been cutting. They cut Amari. 
they had to cut Lel Collins, their right tackle, who's been pretty good since they uh, drafted him out of LSU. Um, Zeke's, I, I think it's $18.9 million. Cap hit is an albatross on their cap sheet. And the fact that they chose him over Amari is surprising me when you have a guy like Tony Pollard, who's actually a really good back. And I, I at least for me, I'm under the impression and of the belief that you should just draft a new running back out of college every two to three years and just run him to the ground. Because then you can draft him like second round. He's going to be pretty good. There's always a good college running back. There's always at least three or four every draft. Um, Zeke, I know, has a huge place in like the Dallas culture and like for the team. And he's like the most recognizable cowboy outside of Dak. But man, you're losing a really good player in in Amari Cooper, I feel like. Um, The only thing I will say that I can understand is he's been very injury prone um, and has disappeared in big games. So I may, maybe they just said, you know what? I think we can run with CD and Michael Gallup and we shouldn't be paying Amari 20 million. So I guess I can understand that too. But then again, you're cutting the cord with other big time players. It, the cap management doesn't make any sense to me, I guess is what I'd say. Uh, and then before we wrap up here and move on over to uh, other sports, uh, we're just going to go with a, a game time <laughs> update here with uh, – uh, Baylor choking in the last minute, really, and uh, it was uh, a five-point spread at one point, but it ultimately ends at a seven-point spread. UNC 93, Baylor 86, as UNC the eight seed moves on uh, to the to the Sweet 16, right? Upsets, baby! Yeah. I love upsets! Oh, man, that's... Uh, I accidentally chose... I, I said this earlier, chose Murray State to beat Baylor, and UNC did it instead. So this is good. No... My bracket might be a lot better now because of this upset uh, that I accidentally chose. Um, congrats to UNC. That's awesome. I mean, they're one of the standards in college basketball. So, like, I guess you also can't say it's, like, the most surprising thing in the world. But I thought that Baylor team was a good team. So props to them. Kudos to them. I love March Madness, baby. I'm just going to leave it on that. Uh, Joe, what do we got next, baby? All right. So we're going to move over uh, to the NHL. Um, and Tyler is going to leave that one for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, the first things we'll go with right off the bat, just because it's the, the most important thing that's happened, is obviously Ovechkin's uh, goal on Tuesday, uh, a little earlier this week, where he uh, seals it, passes Yager uh, for number three on the all-time goal list. Um, and and on top of that, I mean, I don't know if you watched the clip. Of course, this was... Uh, uh, goal number 769 of his or 67 of his career I'm sorry uh, he's at 69 now he scored since then um, trails Gordy Howe at 801 so probably next season we'll look and seeing that one um, Wayne Gretzky of course uh, 894 so a, a little bit longer to get to that one um, but Ovechkin you know being 36 years old bodes well for breaking this all-time goals uh, list and is looking good. Um, I mean, he, to to quote him, it was just it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> that's like that's what like, a bro. What he a said, bro quote. He said a little bit more than that, and I'm paraphrasing. I, okay. I'm just I'm okay. just reading a cl- a clip of the quote, but really, it was just it's pretty cool, and that's kind of what you expect out of the dude. Um, so yeah, with him in that, and uh, if you watch the goal, it was a nice just right off the face off puck comes right to him in an offensive zone, just snaps it and goes in the net, and he just sprints down the ice, just skating. It was a nice celebration. The entire bench cleared for him and came out on the ice and celebrated mid game. Um, it was a, it was a real sweet moment. Um, 
Dude, I, I love that. Congrats to him. He's been one of the staples, uh, just like we said with Craig Popovich, that we've been watching our entire lives. So uh, it's it's really cool to see history being made. I mean, that's like that's always what's fun to talk about on this podcast, obviously, when history is being made, because it's, it's just so cool. It doesn't happen often, obviously. So to be seeing these records being set is super cool. And uh, I'm excited to see if he can pass Wayne, because uh, a lot of the times, most of his records, they've seemed untouchable since he retired. And some of them are, you know, getting close, right? Especially that goals one. So, um, And then there's, you know, there's some ups and downs in there. Trade deadline is uh, coming up next week. Um, and, and it's been semi-quiet for the moment now, but I hear it's going to be heating up. I, I, I think Monday is going to be a real busy day from what I understand uh, and reading some of the analyst thoughts and stuff like that and hearing things out there. Uh, so I would expect a big Monday on the trade deadline and a, and a bunch to talk about there. Yeah, I want to get your opinion. Is that Brandon Hagel, dude, that got traded from Chicago really worth two firsts? So, yeah, this is, this is a great question. Um, the idea behind that is with Tampa Bay, so it was Brandon Hagel, uh, two firsts, right? Uh, and then uh, uh, swapped three. Was it three? I don't remember exactly. No, I think, was, was there a third round pick? Oh, yeah. Or something yeah, like yeah, that. No, I, I think, think there was, was a later pick. round pick in there, too. But the two firsts is the main part of it. Um, from Tampa Bay swapping, so Brandon Hagel comes to Tampa Bay from Chicago. And uh, with that, the idea behind it here, I think, is Tampa Bay has, you know, obviously been wildly successful in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, nice Stanley Cups recently um, and uh, are, are looking to continue on that. And what they've done every year that they've been doing that is they take someone of this kind of bigger, grittier, can also put the puck in the net a little bit, but it has a, a strong role um, at the deadline. Every deadline they do that. They took Blake Coleman, um, Patrick Maroon. They, they've been doing, they've been known to do this uh, for the couple past couple seasons. So I think the GM down there is uh, entirely, I think it's uh, Steve Yarsman still, right? Uh, they are looking at this and just saying, well, why change what's not broken? We ain't fixing it ain't anything broke, here. Don't fix it. Yeah, we're not we're not changing anything here. We're going to keep the same thing going. We're going to see if we can threepeat. You know what I mean? So they're going to yeah. uh, go for this, go all in, and they're going to make the same move. So to me, again, picks to them don't really matter. They're, they they want to form a dynasty at this point. That's that's their idea in mind. And so if they're going to throw some picks out and try and bring a guy that's gritty playoff hockey that they want and that they need because they have the goal scorers, you don't need more. They got Braden Point. They got Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov. They're looking good. And so they just need a little more grit and stuff like that. It's costly. Good for Chicago, right? Chicago obviously is a big winner there. But I don't think Tampa Bay looks foolish for it. Do you guys want to know what the, the trade actually was? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, they traded Brandon Hagel, uh, a 2022 fourth-round pick and a 2024 fourth-round pick for uh, two first-round picks, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. I don't know how to say this guy's last name. Okay, Um, sure, but so two prospects. So two firsts and two prospects. Okay. Yeah, and they also get, you know, a couple uh, later picks. So, you know, not as bad. No, I mean, again, I mean, right. At the end of the day, you like to take away picks in the prospect. You say, like Tyler said, two firsts for Brandon Hagel. And when you're winning the cup every year, firsts don't mean anything. So, um, yeah, I actually talking about uh, gearing up for a cup run, um, something interesting that Avs did, I realized they put Gabe Landeskog on IR. He hurt his knee. Um, we were talking about that, and this that's the way to maneuver the cap. So they're being smart, too. 
because then they can sign someone. Yeah, if somebody is goes on injury reserve, they don't count against the cap. And then in the playoffs, there's no salary cap. So what they're doing, um, and thanks, BJ, you're the one who brought this up. So good for you. You get the call out on the on the pod this week. Um, it looks like maybe that's their way that they can get someone like a Claude Drew to fit under their cap now, get him in. I don't think and, they uh, ever had really trouble getting Claude Giroux in on the cap. I think what they've been waiting for with him so far is, one, to get Florida off the off the track in here because Florida's making competitive offers for him. So it's really the Avs and Florida going neck and neck and just seeing who can dish out more here. So it was never really a cap problem to get him. And then, of course, Giroux wanted to play his 1,000th game as a flyer, which he did on Thursday, and now he's actually scratched for last night's game. And I believe on Sunday, if he's not traded by then, will also still be scratched for that one. Um, so he's inevitable to move, whether it's Florida, Colorado is still a toss up there. Um, and, and to go on that point, you know, like you said, uh, Nikita Kucherov and the lightning did that a couple of years ago, stacking the, the cap and the, uh, Vegas is doing it right now. Not to say that they've been playing hot recently, but they have Mark Stone on LTIR, um, who also will, you know, projectively come back right around that time. Um, so yeah, 100%. I think that Lanniskog pushed through that injury as long as he could, to know that he could get the right timetable, that he could miss the this hard, gritty stretch and be back hopefully in time for the playoffs there. So, yeah. No, I mean, that's the stuff I love. Uh, you know, my dream job is to be a GM of a professional sports team one day. And so to see these GMs work, like working it like that and being so smart and savvy is always super impressive to me. So I love that crap. Uh, while, we're on that it, up. while we're on it, though, I mean, I'm just saying that uh, with that team, they've made another change. They brought in Josh Manson, which, again, they're, they're yes. looking to get tougher, of course, and always. Um, and uh, they made a swap with Minnesota, just straight one for one. Tyson Jones for uh, Nico Sturm, which, uh, as watching many wild games, uh, Nico Sturm's a good forward. He obviously wasn't going to re-sign in Minnesota. I think that was the whole point there. Uh, they didn't have the money for him, and they were going to have they were going to pass up his roster spot already. They, they already have someone in the pipeline, Marco Rossi, to take over that spot anyway. Um, so, with that. Uh, that's an interesting swap there alone, just between those two teams. And and already, uh, Joseph's already feeling like making an impact. I haven't seen Stern play anything for the Avs yet, but Joseph's already coming in with the Wild, uh, making an impact. So I like this already. Yeah, everybody's gearing up for the stretch run, baby. So it's, uh, again, all the sports that are going on right now. It's uh, the really fun time. So we've got March Madness. We've got playoffs coming up. we got a good time to be a sports fan. Um, you got anything else on the NHL? Yeah, just the last thing. I don't want to do every thousand games that are played, but this one's just important <laughs> just because uh, Mark Stahl uh, plays in his thousandth game, joining his two brothers, Jordan and Eric Stahl, uh, also played a thousand games in the league. Uh, so that is a set of three brothers, the first in NHL history to all play 1,000 games. You know what? I have to say congrats to those parents. Yeah, that's what I'd say, because that's just wild. Like, you know what I mean? Like everybody's always like, oh, I want to have an athletic like an athlete kid. Well, you had three. So that's some good genes. So uh, congrats to all three of them. I'm curious. I'm curious what their dad, if their dad is or their mom is, is what they played or what they have to have some athletic ability in some way. Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're right. You don't you don't just, you know, spout out three uh, NHL thousand game athletes with nothing. Right. There's there's got to be something there. So um, maybe, Joe, if you want to look at that, see if the stall parents are uh, did anything. But yeah, um, while you're doing that, Tyler, you want to move to the let's hear about some experience, uh, obscure sports that uh, nobody talks about except you. And that's why we love it on the obscure sports report here. Um We'll quickly glance through one thing real quick, just because it's on the on the tail end of um, uh, the Olympics, um, where 
in the it's the World Cup of skiing, like I mentioned previously that it was happening uh, on the pod, and uh, um, seeing the disappointment in uh, American Michaela Schifrin's runs during the Olympics and just continuously falling out and do not DNFs and stuff like that. Um, she goes on to win her fourth World Cup overall title um, and uh, ultimately tying Lindsey Vaughn um, for second most in women's history there. Um, so that's something right off the bat that, you know, the pressure of the Olympics, something got to her and she once she reset and got on to a different, you know, maybe it was just the, the travel or whatever it was, the, the policies in the Olympic Village or something uh, did not fit with her. And now she goes out there and stomps in the World Cup. So at least she's not falling off a cliff. She still competes, and even though on the main stage of the Olympics she fell, uh, this is this is still a rising uh, moment for her as being one of the greatest skiers of all time. Yeah, I think she can be proud of herself. And right, I, I sometimes do believe that the pressure of the Olympics is like much greater than we think, because you think they train their entire lives for it, and it's like the biggest moment. Like everybody wants to be on that podium holding a medal or especially a gold medal at some point. And you got to think there's a lot of pressure. So um, good for her to uh, rebound and uh, and get it done, right? You know, I, I love that. Um, and then the other thing that was just really sad and to, disheartening to see, uh, someone who constantly goes through the abuse um, in the tennis world, it was uh, Naomi Osaka um, playing in this Indian Open versus uh, Veronica Kudamaretova um, and ultimately lost in that in that match. Um, but then that loss was not really what gained the headlines and the attention here was that there was uh, a spectator reportedly of some woman uh, just berating and insulting uh, the young tennis phenom. Um, and ultimately, she just starts bawling and crying there on the stands, continues to ask the judge for his mic to say something to the crowd, to which he like says no. Don't, doesn't give her the mic, but eventually she gets hold of the mic somehow or a mic somehow uh, and just kind of like reports to the crowd and it's just like she talks about um, at this exact open uh, a lot of the comments that Venus and Serena also got and she says if you haven't seen this video, go watch it and I also say yeah, go watch that video of them to also getting berated and in a very same fashion she is here taking the same abuse um, and just kind of basically saying nothing's ever changed and, and who knows if it will. Um, so someone who just can't catch a break in this world. Uh, and I feel really feel for her. Where do people get off that you're going to come to this event and pay money to just to break these people? First off, I think that's awful. Um, and it reminds me a lot actually of, um, uh, the masters at Augusta and how, um, African-Americans weren't allowed to golf there before Tiger Woods. And even still, when he went, he was getting berated the entire time for him being the best golfer in the world at like as a teenager and like how these places didn't change. And it's just disgusting to me that these places can do that. And like people that do stuff like that should be banned and never allowed to come to an event again, in my opinion. First off, it's inexcusable. Um, But it just shows like in parts of people and parts of the world are still so far behind. And like, I I just hate to see that for Osaka because she is a phenom and she's so fun to watch. Um, and mind you that the, and only, and only 24 too, only 24. No, she's gonna be playing for a while. Right. So like, you need to get that crap out of there and, uh, just be like, it's like, it's that sad fact of history repeating itself. So the fact we've seen it with Venus, we've seen it with Serena, we've seen it with Tiger, like, you know, athletes of color, different races, you know, it's like, it's, it's just inexcusable and I hate to see it. 
Yeah, so if th- those are definitely clips to go and check out uh, if you haven't already and you want to see a little bit of something in the tennis world there. That that was something that just was monumental for that. Um, and then to, to finish this off on our Obscure Sport Report, um, which is going to make the main stage here in a little bit, I promise you that, uh, we're going to be just talking about uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix, Formula One, coming in here. And... Uh, Races tomorrow, qualifying was today. Uh, we have uh, Ferrari on pole uh, with uh, um, Charles Leclerc. And uh, it's kind of just interesting just to see who's got pace and who doesn't right now because that Mercedes car, is, especially Lewis Hamilton's car, is looking like shit. Uh, that car is, is not doing good, and it's not because of Lewis. He actually even pushed it to the most he could in qualifying to, I think, get fifth. Uh, for qualifying, and, and, and that car was looking trash through practice. So uh, even George Russell uh, has been doing decent in that Mercedes car. Um, so Mercedes on a big drop-off here. Ferrari looking real fast. I don't know what's up with McLaren right now. They're looking real trash after that qualifying, um, especially Daniel Ricciardo. Um, so race tomorrow, the first one of the season, will be a, a very one that's going to set the pace for the season and who ultimately will get that. Uh, world championship title um, and possibly even Max Verstappen who got second in the qualifying here. Yeah, I guess, you know, uh, props to Lewis for pushing that car because, yeah, I, I, I saw a clip of it online. And I was like, oh, my God, this thing is just not doing it. It was just, just spluttering and it. just like sparking. And this thing is just it, yeah. it's not looking good. That it was car. a joke. It was a joke. Is what You see that happening. You're like, come on, guys. Like, these are the best engineers in the world putting this crap together. And you can't I don't know. And, I mean, again, props to uh Props to Lewis to be able to, you know, get the most out of it, so to speak. But, man, if I'm him, I'm just pissed. He, you know, he seems pissed. He looks pissed. Yeah. yeah. So, Joe, what's up? Okay. Uh, I, I just wanted to backtrack before we get super far away from it. Uh, I, I need to go watch that video of the car, but uh, that sounds awful. Um, so I have two things. Uh, the first one, like you were saying, with the tennis player that was being berated. Um, and then Matt brought up how, uh, uh, you know, black men couldn't play in uh, the Masters until whatever time um i just want you guys to take a guess when do you think women were allowed to play in the masters what year well i mean like if they weren't even allowing tiger to play and that was like recently he was like the best he was the prodigy and that's recent though that's not like the 60s yeah that's not like the 60s that's like the 90s yeah um Uh, honestly i could see women have not played there in like the early 2000s I'm going to say like, 2010. Like 2006. Yeah, 2012 was the oh first year my, women oh got to play the Masters, which is Come like, on. it's just like when you hear that, you're like, no way, because there have been professional women golfers since like the early, yeah. I think like 1945. Yeah. But yeah. they were never allowed to play in the Masters until Dude, that's. Let's call that what it is. What it's a fine bullshit. Joseph. God damn. Yeah, good yeah, one. That's uh, a good one. Props. Yeah, that one always has bothered me. But uh, also, I just want to go back to the Stahl brothers and uh, their parents. So uh, the four star star oh, Jesus Stahl <laughs> brothers. Um, so all four of them are in the NHL, and uh, their parents do not look like they really had much. There's no like Wikipedia page on them, but they were sod farmers <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> um, so hey, honest I mean, I'm sure they played roots. hockey. Uh, but like, not even yeah, that they played hockey, just some kind of like they have the athlete gene, whatever it is. Yeah, they're just athletes, exactly. They're Dude, just they're they were built. just working on the farm and just got built different. There, there it is, they're built different. Yes, 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 exactly. Oh, that's funny. 
Okay, thank you for looking those up. I appreciate that. Um, you want to close this up with the three stars? Any? Yeah, unless we got anything else. Got anything else for us, Joe? Or you want to? Uh, I mean, really quick, I just want to say uh, there's a uh, the, the heavyweight or not heavyweight, the heaviest weight boxing match tonight between Eddie Hall and Thor Bjorgensen, which uh, is just hilarious to watch because uh, both of them are world strong men. And over the last like year and a half, they've been uh, training because Thor got got upset at Eddie back in like 2016 or 17 because he beat him out in World Strongest Man. And there's a lot of controversy and just watching their uh, like pre fight show, man, they were just acting like a bunch of toddlers, but they're like 400 <laughs> pound men. It's pretty hilarious to watch. Like having like Connor McGregor, like all the times he gets in like all the pregame shows where he's just like. Just berating everybody. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> Thor was like throwing drinks at him. And oh, like God. Eddie was making fun of his mom. And it was just like, wow, guys. Like, And like Eddie's kid was sitting next to him at the press conference. And he was like calling the other guys like, you know, I'm not going to say it here. But he was just calling them a bunch of different things. And it was like, oh, my, you guys are grown men doing this. And your I guess go right watch there. the video if you're interested, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, I, that's what you do for views. Yeah, but that's on tonight. And uh It'll so they're be, not they're not you know, professional boxers, right? This is basically like amateur boxing, right? Or are yeah. they? Yeah, no, neither. They have they've been like using pro coaches and everything, right? Right. But uh, no, I mean they're they're just strong men, and and then if one punch lands, the yeah, other guy's just gonna be done. So uh, I I thought that was funny, uh, and I, at some point I'm gonna watch it and just see either how bad it is or just how crazy it gets. Sweet. Well, whoever wins this uh, gets to fight Jake Paul, so it'll be super interesting. Uh, <laughs> That'd be a <laughs> could good you one. imagine? Yeah, there you go. All Jake right, Paul hey, would get, yeah, he'd die. He'd literally die, like one punch die. It may. Who knows? Maybe we just made the best pay per view event ever. Uh, three stars, Joe. You want to start us off today? Yeah, I, I'm kind of phoning this in this week because not too much has gone on that's really impressed me this week. Um, but March Madness was really fun to watch, so I'm just going to go with uh, St. Peter's team. Uh, you know, huge upset. Very, you know, low ball in that one. Everyone, everyone, like, they're the talk of the town right now, so. Do they uh, keep going? Go I, dude, that's up in the air. I have zero opinion on what's going to happen Let next. me see who they're even playing. I don't even know who's uh, next. They're going to be playing Murray State. Murray State? Oh, they could probably beat Murray State. They could. Murray State's a seven. Yeah, I mean, they could. they could win that. <clears throat> San Francisco kept really close to Murray State too, lost in overtime. Um, hey, it's March Madness. Anything can happen, baby. Love it. Um, I'll go on one here. Um, for my star, I'm going to go to uh, U.S. Paralympics. Um, and the now most decorated American Winter Paralympian, man or woman with 14 Paralympic medals, is Oksana Masters, cross-country skier, um, and throwing down with, you know, five, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, five golds, um, uh, two bronzes and the rest silvers in that list, uh, for a total of 14. Um, that's, that's, that's just athlete right there. That's just that's being awesome. an athlete. That's awesome. I love that. Um, dude, major props to them, major, major props to St. Pete's as well. Um, my third star of the week is Tom Brady. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, mine's, but I do always spoil it. I'm actually going to take Joe's, but just kind of uh, blow it up. It's March Madness, guys. I mean, it's the best time of year. We, I, 
everything's so fun. You get people that hate basketball to loving it like I do, watching it and having a good time. Yes, I'm saying you, Joe, but you know you love it deep down. Even made a bracket, everybody. Joe loves basketball now. You let it if you heard it here first. He lost it. He lost his he lost his voice screaming at the TV. Yes, exactly. Right. Definitely Um, had nothing to do with the 10 Guinness I had that day. (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah, happy St. Patty's Day, everyone. Uh, no, so either way, March Madness is the best time of year, man. Uh, you get so many games to watch. They're on all day, every day. We get to see upsets. We get to see these teams uh, that are prodigy teams. And uh, I have to give it the star this week because it was uh, it was a good first uh, few games. We got saw some upsets, some big ones. Um, and I'm so excited to see what continues to happen as we uh, talk about it in following episodes. So to there be- I am spoiling it at the start of the episode like I always do. What you you can If you see what we talk about in the first one or two frames, that's probably my first star or my star of the week. So. I'll keep that consistent always. To be clear, anything else? To be clear, oh, yeah. you're choosing the entire NCAA tournament as your as your first star. I'm trying. Okay. I'm, it's it is okay. the star baby, okay. the showbiz baby. Yeah, I'm cho- I'm choosing. I'm. I'm it's, it's, it, it's a little bit of laziness, but it's coupled with it's the best show on TV right now, baby. So all right, well, uh, everyone March enjoy Madness. your enjoy your St. Patrick's Day upsets, um, and let's see yeah. what else goes on. Yeah. Hey. Drink a beer, everybody. Enjoy some games. Sit out on your couch and love some March Madness. Happy Saturday. Have a good rest of your weekend, everybody. Uh, Thanks for the show, Tyler and Joe. A pleasure as always. And uh, we'll talk soon. Love it, guys. We'll catch you later. Peace. See you. Peace.